you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Wait, am I the host? Wait, is it me? Is it me today? Oh my gosh. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Chris Voss Show. I've got a memo here that says that I'm supposed to be the host of the show. So, uh, what do I do now? No, I'm just kidding. Jesus, I've been doing it for almost 14 years. Welcome to the show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you. The Chris Voss Show, the family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harsh as your mother in law. Anyway, guys, uh, welcome to the show. We're going to be talking about uh, some. Different strategic ways, I suppose strategic, uh, we'll find out from uh, the brilliant author we have on the show, uh, but some ways to survive divorce and co-parenting and all those things that are happening in today's world and give you some tools, some tools to uh, improve that uh, quality of that experience so that your kids can be happy and everybody can hopefully be a little happier. It's not the most funnest thing to do in the world, but I think uh, most everyone's done through it. I mean... <laughs> judging by judging by everyone I meet and everybody I know in my age group, they've already got two or three under their belt. So uh, I'm still working on getting my first divorce. I'm saving up for it, and then I'll get married and hit that uh, hit the wheel. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to be talking to her about her book and her amazing insights. Uh, also, uh, as always, the plugs go to YouTube.com for Chess Chris Foss, Goodreads.com for Chess Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com for Chess for Chess Chris Foss, and all the crazy places on the internet. She is the author of the newest book to come out April 11th, 2023. Beth Barrett is on the show with us today. Her newest book, Nesting After Divorce, Co-Parenting in the Home, Co-Parenting in the Home, is now out wherever fine books are sold. And we're going to be talking to her about her amazing book, her insights, and a lot of the research. And I believe she's done some other work on this as well. She is a freelance writer and divorced mother of three. She's written articles about nesting for the New York Times and psychology today. She's a regular contributor to Divorce Magazine. Wait, there's a magazine for this? Well, it makes sense, actually. There's a magazine for everything. Uh, there should be a magazine for the Chris Foss Show. Uh, I need to get on that. Uh, she has been a guest blogger for Laura Wasser's It's Over easy website is that about eggs no i'm just kidding uh beth has shared her family nesting story as a guest on multiple podcasts including the good divorce divorce and beyond divorcing well and thank you heartbreak wow there's even there should be a magazine for all the podcasts on divorce uh beth and her ex-husband bill are available for interviews and you can see them in action on uh good morning america's segment that they were on as well uh welcome to the show beth how are you i'm very well thank you how are you today I am good, as always, uh, and thank you for coming on the show. Congratulations on the launch of your book. Those are always fun. Thank Give us a .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. The best place to start is family familynesting.org. That has all the um, nesting-related content, um, but you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook if you just look for Beth Barrett. There you go. I, I guess I need to start a side uh, a divorce podcast or something. This looks a pretty popular sort of topic going on these days. 
Well, as you said, it's a pretty uh, popular, for lack of a better word, event in a lot of people's lives. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, is this your first book you've written on the topic? Yeah, yeah. It is my right. first book on anything. So There you go. Congratulations. Yeah. This is Thank always you. a fun crossover. You spend all that hellish time in editing, and they tear apart your heart and your work <laughs> and everything you do and just take a giant crap on it. And then, you know, you go rewrite everything and, you know, the editing process, I'll never forget of writing a book. So congratulations on getting through that. Uh, most nice. people don't. So it, it's really hard. Uh, give us a, a 30,000 foot overview of the book and what it entails. Okay. Well, first of all, nesting, for those who don't know, nesting co-parenting means that after divorce, the kids stay in the family home and it's the parents who take turns moving in and out to parent them mm. rather than kids going between two houses. Um, and so this book tells the story of my family, my ex and I, and our three children have been nesting for nine years, mm. believe it or not. Um, but I also tell the story of five other families from places like Brooklyn, uh, the DC suburbs, Toronto, um, just to give an overview of how people do it differently in different parts of the country. I obviously live in Indiana in the heart of the heartland. Um, but I also talk to some attorneys and financial advisors, realtors, and of course, therapists to get their take on how to make a nesting arrangement work for your own family, because each family is unique. So there's some common lessons, but um, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And did I describe it well in the in the intro that I was throwing out there? Uh, it's kind of maybe a blueprint of a type uh, where people can try and find a positive way to grow together as uh, as uh, it, it will not grow together, but basically uh, help their kids in a positive manner instead of, you know, some of the ugliness and fighting that we see. In right. I think what attracts most people to the idea of nesting is that it's a way to you know, get out of an unhappy marriage, but not blow up your children's lives at the same mm. times. So their lives stay really pretty consistent, except it's, you know, a different parent at a different time. Um, not that there aren't, you know, challenges to it, but that mm. is kind of the driving force is to try and keep the kids' lives as consistent as possible. Um, whether it's just something you do temporarily as you figure out the next stage of, you know, if you want a two household divorce or, some people like myself have been doing it for years and years. And um, in our case, we didn't, we planned to just do it for a year, but we liked it so much that we have kept with it. And mm. now our youngest still is going to be home for a few more years before college. So mm. we'll get him off to college and then uh, wrap it up. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, no, not, not screwing up the kids by, uh, you know, uh, putting them through ugly divorces. I mean, where's the fun in that? I mean, I thought that was the whole point of parenting was to start oh, really? your kids yes. so they had something to <laughs> spend the rest of their lives in psychology uh, uh, yeah, units to for. Star your children. Well, yeah. if that's your goal, then you probably don't want to read my book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a, uh, or do exactly the opposite of what I suggest you do. <laughs> so what is the term nesting? What is that? Well, it comes from, it used to be more often called do it, uh, bird nesting. So it really is, you know, referencing mm -hmm. the idea of the baby birds staying in the nest and how the mom and dad bird fly in and out to take care of them and bring them tasty worms and stuff. Um, but it obviously applies to grownups and children and keeping the kids in the home while the parents take turns coming back and forth. And feed them worms? 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we just do coffee. No, maybe McDonald's if they're being good. <laughs> Worms might be more healthier. Uh, <laughs> so I've seen that food. I, I'm wearing some of that food. Um, so uh, now you, you wrote an article uh, for the uh, New York Times uh, back in 2017 after mm -hmm. divorce, giving our kids custody of the home. What? Give us a breakdown on what that means, because, uh, you know, uh, my, my dad gave me custody of his home. He went out for milk when I was 10 and never came back, and I had to fend for myself. So there's that. No, that's a gaming joke. I people. know that's not true. <laughs> You're just saying. He did that. it when I was 13. <laughs> it wasn't true. But... Well, um, I mean, it's not like a, we didn't legally give them custody of the home. Yeah, like that sounds like a bad thing. That, I think that would be a I've bad I've seen what idea. kids do in um, home. It just meant that they got to stay in the home. And so there was no custody battle about who got which kids for how long. It was just something we worked out between the two of us. Um, in our case, when we first divorced, and as I said, since we weren't sure we were going to stick with nesting, for us, the cheapest option seemed to be um, that we rented a small one-bedroom apartment near the house. And so... I mean, I use the word we shared the apartment. We actually we were never there at the same at the same time, and we were never in the family home at the same time. We would you know pass each other <laughs> like ships in the night down the driveway heading mm. to the apartment or the house. So so we did that because it was a pretty cheap way, and it was certainly cheaper than setting up two full size households to support three kids um, right from the get go. So that gave us a chance, you know, to sort of get our feet under us financially and also really just see how the kids were doing and how each of us was doing moving into this next stage of life. And obviously we liked it because here we still are. So I'm, I'm trying to understand the model here is are the two parents still living in the same family home, but there's an apartment somewhere or are the two in two different homes they're living in, but somehow the, they raise the kids in the, the nest of the apartment? Well, you know, everybody seems to do it differently. Um, in our case, in our home, we had um, have a guest bedroom and in the basement. And so I moved into that. My ex kept the master bedroom. So we, you know, moved our stuff into those separate places. Um, but as I said, we were never in the house at the same time. So he would go to the apartment and I would go, you know, into the house and stay in the, the basement <laughs> suite. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, some people do continue to share the master bedroom and just like have the rules that you have to wash the sheets before the other person comes in, you know, they have separate closets and just keep it separate that way. Um, some people do both, you know, go to different apartments or perhaps one of them goes to live with a new significant other or lives with family or friends. And so um, there's all sorts of different ways that people make it work. Mm -hmm. But the main point is that the kids stay in the same home that they're used to. And they're not being shuttled between two different right. homes and that yeah. whole handoff. You know, yeah. I mentioned before the show, I've been single all my life and I've, I've had to deal with, uh, with, you know, the fallouts of divorce. I, I've had to sit down with birth uh, fathers. I don't know what you call them, but basically the, the birth dads, fathers, yeah. mm -hmm. the, the dads who that's, you know, they're not, they're not the stepdads or anything. They're, they're the, the you know, that is their child. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I've dealt with all of it. You know, I've, I've had to go into relationships sometimes where I've, I've been like, you know, realizing that 
I, you know, I'm, I'm buying into their, their, their failed marriage and I, I have to deal with them, uh, which is very hard to do. Actually, most people don't realize how hard it is to come in that situation. But sometimes I had to sit down with both of them and say, look, uh, you know, I, I don't have a vested interest in these children other than uh, starting to enter a relationship, but you two need to get the fuck along because these kids are the ones that are going to get harmed the most. I've had to sit down with dads and go, Hey, I'm not, I'm not here to replace you. My job is not to compete with you or make you look bad in front of the eyes mm-hmm. of your children. So it would really help if you wouldn't do things that make you look bad in the eyes of your children. And I understand what you're going through, dude, but you know, we all got to move along here on the uh, societal, uh, whatever we want to call yeah. it. So, and so I've, I've dealt with that situation of like, you know, Bob didn't send the coat back and Bob's holding on to all the clothes of the kids and mom's doing the same shit. And it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a war going on of attrition yeah. of some type. And you're just like, look, you know what? It's funny that you guys want to get away from each other so much and you really spend 100% of your time actively hating each other and trying to screw each other over and like you you both need to move the hell on yeah so you know it's interesting because my ex who i um obviously were divorced so we had our issues but um we get along very well now and i remember there was a point kind of after you know first couple of years of a fair amount of contention after the divorce and we just sort of moved into this new stage so this time had passed and we've been working really hard to have a better relationship for our kids and he was like oh you know, it is a lot easier to not hate someone than it is to hate them. Like that takes yeah. so much more energy. And so, yes, it's unbelievable the amount of energy that people put into hating each other instead of that could be energy going to better parent their children. And it's a shame. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, yeah, I've seen, I've seen love withdrawal games or, you know, pawn games where people play games with the children and use them as pawns and some sort of, you know, and I, I get why people are upset. They put a lot of, they put oh, yeah. their life into marriage. They believe that, you know, maybe it's going to last forever. Uh, they think that they're building something and, and to see it all come tumbling down and all the hopes and dreams and everything they put into it, it comes to an end. It's not fun. Okay. Um, but you know, I think the important thing about books like yours and knowledge on this subject is sadly something we don't teach and they really should teach in college. I'm a big believer. And of course I've never been married and have kids. So what do I know? But I'm a big believer that people really need to be trained better to have better relationships, to work out, go see psychiatrists and work out their issues before they get into relationships that bring children into the factor. Um, They should go through at least two years of college before they're allowed to have kids. But you know, what do I know? No one ever agrees with me on that. It's just like, <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's go have some kids and see what kind of wreckage yeah. we can drag from our past in our lives and and uh, ruin the next generation. Let's do that. That sounds like yeah. fun. Well, yeah. sadly, I think a lot of people think, oh, having kids will fix the problems in our yeah, marriage. You know, this will make this will make him yeah. want to stick around. And I've heard that and, before too. Yeah, I had the third kid because I thought it would help our family thought, yeah, marriage. Okay. That's crazy. It's like, no, that's that's just like throwing more. It's like throwing gasoline onto an already out of control fire. So um, how, what's the best way to approach this? Let's say there's someone in the audience and they're, they're thinking about divorce or they're, Mm -hmm. they're maybe going through divorce. What's the best way to sit down and try and get a reset or a, or, or an agreement to say, Hey, let's do something for the kids and not about us. And let's try and refocus on that. Yeah. Um, You know, everybody can take their own creative approach, but I do have a section in the book where I talk about the first conversations, what you need to discuss if you're, um, 
either proposing nesting to your soon to be ex, or maybe you both have the idea of doing it. And, um, and of course, first is really just some really basic stuff. Like are both of us willing to give this a try, like mm -hmm. genuinely willing to try. Um, it needs to be clear that you're not doing it to try and save the marriage. At this point, you're doing it because you are moving on and you want to do this for the kids. Um, I mean, of course, if you both are trying to save the marriage, but if there's just one of you thinking that nesting is going to save the marriage, you know, that's not a good situation to get into. Um, and then, of course, to talk about like where else could we live or one of us live or can we set up the house so that we have private space and um, and it's interesting the creative ways that people come up uh, to, with doing this. I have a Facebook group um, for people who nest, and one woman recently was posting that she, on her days when she's you know off duty out of the nest, she gets in her Airstream camper and goes out to the campsite and you know spends mm. a few days out there. And I was like, wow, that sounds really nice. <laughs> That's a great idea if you live in a nice enough you know environment to do that. So people do all sorts of creative stuff. Um, so those are the big things to figure out. You know, are we willing to do it? How else could we live to make this work? And, you know, can we afford, what can we afford to do mm -hmm. in terms of this other non-nest space? You know, you bring up a good point. One of the biggest problems, and especially a lot of men uh, have, is they, they usually the home is turned over to the mother in divorce courts. Um, and, uh, and so they're required to go, you know, live somewhere. They've got to set up a whole separate unit and then they've got usually child support and alimony that they're dealing with, or most likely child support. And it, it becomes very costly for them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they have a hard time uh, maintaining the child support and the alimony or whatever they need to do. You know, there's, there's lots of, you know, quote unquote, dead, deadbeat dads. Um, and sometimes they just, they just can't you know, whether it's working or whatever the case is, they, they have trouble paying those bills. So maybe this was a better way to, you know, I mean, like I, I talked to you before the show, you know, I've, I've had friends that ha I believe have done the nesting thing and I don't know if they did it for finances or out of just trying to do what you were doing. Um, but I know some people, they can't afford to get divorced. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe that can help that sort of situation where you can kind of ensure that there's resources that the father and mother can still bring to the kid without breaking the bank. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> I think that that, um, I mean, I knew that was part of our reason for doing it, but it really, um, really drove that home. The more nesters I spoke to and the people I interviewed in the book, that finances really were, you know, yes, helping the kids is great, but finances were really a big part of the equation for them as they, as they looked at what their options are. And some people even, um, you know, don't, pursue the divorce process officially right away because mm -hmm. of the cost. Um, but they, you know, both agree that the marriage is over. And so this is obviously some very evolved people who are willing to just, you know, say the marriage is done and we're each moving on. Um, and when we have to officially get divorced, we'll do it. But for now we're separating our lives, but keeping the, li the kids' lives consistent. Now, how do people, cause you interviewed a few different people with the two different models. How do people, uh, deal with dating though, because that, that kind of, I mean, you can't like bring your dates home or can you, or have people figure well, out a way yeah, to make right. that um, It is pretty, it's one of the probably hottest topics that kind of in the second conversation, a lot of people have, once they've agreed to nest, that's the next thing is what are the rules about dates <laughs> or other adults in the nest? Um, which really, I think every divorced parents should be having discussions about mm -hmm. how are we going to introduce future people to our children 
you know, you just don't want every person that you happen to be dating to meet your kids. You want to make sure it's serious. And so a lot of nesters do kind of write up a nesting agreement where, you know, for the first year or something like that, you know, first year, nobody else in the nest, nobody else meets the kids. Mm. In our case, Bill and I had agreed that we wouldn't introduce the kids to a significant other until he and I had spoken with each other and let each other know that we were thinking of doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, and I also talked it through with my own therapist about how to do that appropriately. And, um, and my children were seeing a therapist after the divorce. So I was able to get her help on how to do that. And so I outlined some of those guidelines from therapists about how to introduce your kids, which um, I think applies to anybody, whether they're nesting or not. Mm-hmm. But you're right, the nest creates a space that's, um, I think in a way it was actually good for dating because the nest was kind of this like sacred family space, you know, Mm -hmm. that neither of us wanted to bring the wrong person into. So you, we both felt pretty strongly about the people we were seeing by the time we thought it was okay to have them visit the nest. And really, I mean, you could use, if you had an apartment on the side, like you mentioned, you could use, yeah. yeah. I paid all the time then, but yeah. (laughs) You know, and honestly, as a guy who's dated all of his life, um, and I mean, in the triple digits, uh, I've dated, you know, there's a point where I dated women who hadn't been married. And then, you know, once I hit like 28 something 30, then it just became divorced women. And, uh, now it's like multiple divorced women. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't date guys, so I don't know what's going on over there, but I imagine it's the same considering all my 50 year old, uh, yeah. buds or, you know they've all been divorced multiple times. I'm really behind. I'm I'm still waiting to catch up. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do like three or four divorces like within a week of each other, and then mm-hmm. mar- marriage and divorces. So I can try just try and catch up. I'm gonna do it somewhere near the end of the game when I can't. You think feel my you legs. get some? You think you get some kind of prize at the end? The number of divorces? I don't know. Evidently there is because <laughs> everyone's doing it, right? Is there is there like an old gamification <laughs> thing that I get? Because. Uh, I feel left out at this point. I mean, oh, no. No. Um, but my point that I was rolling to was um, the one thing you learn in the dating game. And I learned this from other people when I was coming up in the dating game coming up. What is it like a, uh, what is it, a pro series? I think it is at my level um, is you do not date someone who's been divorced unless they've been divorced two years from the signing of the end of the divorce by the judge. Um, and if it's been a long time, like 10, 15, 20 years, give it three to four, um, 20 years, I give it five. And, and, and the reason I bring this up is I I tell people this all the time that get newly dated, don't date, don't go looking for somebody. You, you have a whole identity process. You're having a loss of identity process Mm -hmm. being married and then going through, uh, you know, you have to reestablish who you are. You have to become a new person because you are not married Joe to Jane anymore. And you have to become just Joe or Jane. And then you got to figure out who that person is. You've got to go through grieving process because this is a death. It's a death of a dream. It's a death of your ideals, Mm -hmm. all the hopes and whatever, blah, 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 you put into it and retirement. Mm -hmm and all that fantasy thing um, that you put in your head about what what it might be. It's the death of all of that. And so you have to grief it. you got to go through the stages and all that stuff. Yeah. Then you got to become a new person. And so I tell people, I'm like, don't, don't be going out trying to get your freak on. Don't, don't be trying to go get weird with all the thing. Go to psychiatrist, man. Mm-hmm. Sh- shut down, do the work. 
work through your process. Please see a psychiatrist because I'm sick mm-hmm. of seeing it on first dates, please, people. Yeah. Um, and uh, work through it. But you need, to, you need to go through that two to three years of healing. And people that go out and start dating right away, you're just like taking this mentally broken down jalopy into just into a mess and so that's my psa for people yeah well especially looking to date seriously you know if you're just dating around whatever but if you're looking you know trying to get into a serious relationship right away it's it's way too soon um i will say what i really liked about nesting was that because i had this apartment space that i went to you know outside of the home Mm -hmm. um i really felt like i could pursue that new version of myself that i was becoming without the distractions of kids stuff, you know, like if I'm in the house, I can't help but do laundry, grocery shop, you know, whether the kids are there or not, there's just always kids stuff to do. And I loved that I could just leave the house and be in this completely kid free space, you know, and I could write, I could watch whatever I wanted to watch, I could go out with friends. And um, I loved having that separation as I was figuring out the next stage of my life. And that was you processing, you know, your, you know, the grief and the whole thing. And who am I now? Who am I now? What am I about? And, you know, people, and then there's a little bit of experimentation where they go like, do I like woodworking or do you know, what sort (laughs) of hobbies do I need to have? Right. Cause you know, I mean, being married takes up a lot of your space and you're dealing with another person. You kind of have to become somebody and you have to cleanse yourself. If you Mm -hmm. don't, you're just going to take that baggage and in the next relationship, see that movie. Um, The, uh, and so you gotta, you gotta clean your house. And Mm -hmm. so, and it's so important for the kids as well. Um, you know, it divorce is so hard on the children and they have, they have the hardest time doing it. Mm -hmm. And I've, and being a guy who comes in is dating the mother, you know, I've had to have so many conversations with the kids and go, Hey, and you know, and they're, they're looking at me as the, as the voice of reason. Sometimes, you know, I've gone into relationships where both the, both of them are alcoholics. The parents are alcoholics. They're calling mm-hmm. each other constantly, you know, and I have to be the voice of reason and tell the kids, Hey, listen, okay, this is, this is what's happening. You know, this is, it's not a fun process, but, uh, mm-hmm. understand your, your parents love you. Or at least I think they do. And, uh, they're just behaving really badly right now. Yeah. That sucks. Um, yeah. that people can't put their kids, you know, can't First, get over their yeah. own stuff before they, uh, subject their kids to all that yeah and so and so uh, you know people just need to put put their thing aside and just focus on the kids but like the idea of of the nest because i've seen what that looks like when the kids just feel like they're shuttled back and forth and you're like did did bob send the coat back oh god bob kept the coat well that's the thing not only is it stressful (laughs) for the kids you know like where's my favorite toy or where's the Mm -hmm. skirt i wanted to wear today but it also is stressful for each of the other parents because they're like, why didn't you send that? You know, he had basketball today or, you know, I mean, yeah. or I've got to drive to school and drop this off. Cause you didn't know. I mean, the people I know who deal with that, like traditional contentious shuttling stuff back and forth, the amount of energy they spend oh, just with stuff. Is, I've, uh, first, I've, I've, I've never had to, to, I've never had to do that except my own stuff. And you know, yeah. I'm a grown up and I don't have that much stuff. So yeah, it is hard. And I can imagine if you're nesting in the same place uh, and you can get along, um, you know, it can be so much better. You know, the other big failure I've seen is is people that go into divorce court. And I've I've had to go testify in family court uh, for some friends. And, you know, I've seen people blow through 
$50,000, each that could have been put in a college fund for kids just to mm-hmm. argue and divorce court for, and end up with a resolution that was the same they originally offered. Right. And, and you're just like, you, do you understand you're really screwing over your children? Yeah. Like when you have, for their ego, it's just about, yeah, ego. it's just an it's ego not, thing. Um, you know, it's not going to change anything, no. but um, we were fortunate that, I mean, and this is credit to Bill as well, but we, by the time we, we filed for divorce and it was done three months later, like we mm. just, we knew we wanted to do this nesting. We knew we wanted to get the divorce done as possible, as quickly as possible. And so, yeah, uh, we were really happy not to drag that on and yeah. add to the expense. And the other thing is people play <clears throat> a lot of uh, uh, parent alienation games. So the children become pawns. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not fulfilling the, uh, the agreement of the visitation rights. And what the funny thing about, it's not really funny, but the funny thing about divorce courts and divorce law is there's no enforcement. If a parent who has guardianship won't share the children, there's enforcement of uh, child support and alimony because mm-hmm. the, the state gets a gig on that. They get a cut of the action, which is the reason they're financially invested. It's become like an institution. Um, but, but the whole sharing the parent thing, all you can do is just go get the judge to yell at the wife or husband, whoever's the thing. And there really is no legal enforcement of it, which is very sad. And the most important thing that parents need to realize is this is damage to the children. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I talk a lot of, about the importance of parents being in a child's life. Men and women are uh, are compatible or what is mm-hmm. it they're they they are different but they complement each other yeah and if you don't have one you will cripple the child and i was lucky that you know we were joking early in the green room about how my parents probably should have never got married mm-hmm. um but they tried and they 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 did their best and yeah. uh you know sometimes that's just good enough in life I've yeah, learned yeah. that's all i do is my best and it's never good enough so um <laughs> Uh, that's probably why I've never been married. Don't have kids. You know? I mean, we—that's what we do. We we stumble through life, all of us. And you right. know, I didn't get a manual. Maybe you did, but uh, mine didn't come in the mail. Not yet. Uh, yeah, uh, it's that's because the post office is doing. It. I'm just kidding. I suppose. Well, you know, going back to your point about the parents' involvement, um, my ex Bill has said, you know, a number of times that what he liked about nesting, though it was challenging when it first started, was that. Um, it forced him to become more engaged with the kids because we had had a kind of traditional breakdown of roles in the family. He was the primary breadwinner. I did all the house and kids stuff. But when we began nesting and I wasn't in the house, you know, he had to make sure their laundry was done, had to see what homework had to be done the next day, had to make sure that, you know, they ate breakfast before they went to school. And, and it was challenging, but he became such a better dad because of that just involvement in the day-to-day life that a lot of dads, you know, I shouldn't generalize by sex, but that in many marriages that doesn't always um, happen. And so he's always said that he was grateful for the the divorce and the nesting, that it made him a more engaged dad. There you go. And, and you know, is it, having parents, having, you know, a, a father does things, in a, in a relationship with his children that, uh, that mothers don't do. And mothers bring something that's a compliment to the table that fathers can't do. Yeah. And they need that role. I remember I had a friend call me one time and, and, uh, she, she was newly divorced in a bitter divorce with her ex. And she was, she was playing the pawn game with the kids and demonizing mm-hmm. the father mm-hmm. and alienating the father, not letting the father have access to the kids. 
and her daughter was like starting to want to go into modeling and maybe some other things that that goes when you're trying to seek the attention of men. Um, and I'm like, you're, you, she's starting to go down a pathway of destruction that she wants. She's mm -hmm. seeking the approval of men and she's seeking men because she can't get access to her father. Mm -hmm. You need to understand what this is about. And I've seen the fallout of this through all of my history of, you know, when I go into a relationship or when I date someone who's divorced, I see, I, I see the, the kids messed up sometimes. Uh, you know, I see all the fallout and you, you just mm -hmm. sit and put it together and you're like, okay, these kids are fucked up because you guys didn't <laughs> handle this divorce right. And uh, you guys are playing this game and every day. No, you're I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. And uh, it's a real shame. And, um, I thought it was interesting when I was dating, um, I could all immediately tell sort of the tone of the divorce if the man I was speaking to <laughs> would not say his ex-wife's name. He would just say her, she's got the kids, her, like could not even speak her name. And that was always the clue to me, like, mm, this seems like a bit more drama wow. than I want to get. Some real scars right there. Yeah. You know? So keep an eye out for that when you're... A <laughs> Yeah. You're dating women. See if that's also that's, that's my well, little I mean, usually I get the thing that every the past three marriages, everyone was a narcissist and all the ten boyfriends Everybody were else's problem. Yeah. That's the popular thing now. Everyone's using narcissist default. And I'm I like, know. you know, there's only five percent of the population that are narcissists, but somehow you found all of them to date. <laughs> Which oh, is really weird. <laughs> like, I don't know if you, do you have that in your Tinder profile or your search. Uh, <laughs> well, thing? like you said, that's kind of, you know, one of the main things after divorce is you're figuring out your new self is you really do yeah. have to face what you did wrong in the marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you're never going to move past it. You know, it, it if maybe in some cases it's totally the other person's fault, but in most cases, you know, it's, it's both people. Yeah. You know, it takes, I, I, somehow I was lucky enough, uh, it, two or three generations of Gen X to be born into the thing where when people got divorced, they would just say it takes two to tango, yeah. you know, and we just, we just go, okay, well, you know, yeah. you're getting divorced. Okay. Well, you know, 50, 50, it, you know, yeah. you just, yeah. it, you just didn't mix well. It's kind of like, uh, you know, vodka and Mountain Dew. It doesn't mix well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's just what happens. I mean, you know, I, I, I've got, I've had a million wonderful women in my life, not a million, but uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> Close. This pace. <laughs> Since I can't afford uh, divorce and so I never get married. Um, but uh, I, I, I've, and, and I love them all. I don't have any hatred or anger towards them because I feel that's healthy. And I recognize that I tried the best that I could with whatever I had at the time and I wasn't yeah. always perfect. And so did they. And right, that's what people right. do in life and dating. They try each other on. You see mm -hmm. if you gel. Maybe you gel for a while. Maybe you grow apart. It's just the way it works. You know, because yeah. you can't, you know, I own companies. That's what I'm married to. And the one thing I learned that I love about companies is I can, I can, you know, if they, if things aren't working, I can try and fix them. And they're very fixable because they're mm -hmm. just one dimensional, basically. Mm -hmm. But with another human being, you know, they've got their glide path of life and you have yours and, and stuff. Yeah. And so you just gotta, you just gotta go, Hey man, things didn't work out. I probably did some stuff and I'm going to own up to it. And, uh, let's try not to drag men into my next relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems yeah. like a lot of people are like, Hey, let's take the fun of the last one and the next one. See how this works. Right. Right. And What's you know that? what? I think actually a lot of people who are drawn to nesting kind of is the same thing that they experienced really mm -hmm. bad divorces in their childhood. Several of the people I interviewed were like, uh, my parents had a terrible divorce and I was not going to do that to my kids. And so, mm. yeah, there's with any relationship, you have to look at was what happened before good or bad and 
what made it that way. And can yeah. it. And you just own up to your end of it. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if I ever saw any of my girlfriends, uh, I don't, I don't usually, you know, what I, what's behind me is behind me, but you know, it, it's always been, my attitude has always been like, Hey, I, I hope you found what you're looking for in life. And yeah. thanks for what I learned, uh, off of our lessons, uh, you being crazy. No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, and me and, being perfect. <laughs> yeah, that time you tried to stab me in the kitchen because I left my socks on the floor. Uh, yeah, I get it. I shouldn't have done that, but, uh, Seriously, a knife? No, I'm just kidding. These are jokes, people. Uh, some of them. Uh, that's that'll be my forthcoming book. Uh, but no, uh, that you know, maybe I should do a book on uh, my life as a single guy and my experience with divorces and how and how to uh, be better divorces. But no, I believe you know, that's I, an interesting perspective. I think that's a good idea. Would and there's very few people that have it, so I'm kind of a unicorn in that. Like I mm-hmm. like we joked about in the show. Like I'll have people that'll say to me on second or third date, they'll be like, Chris, you know, you don't have to hide your divorces and yeah. all your kids. And I'm like, yeah. no, seriously, I don't. Like the truth. I don't. And I'm sorry, I don't have a lot of baggage. I don't I don't and what's funny is I have all my money and fifty per, both sides of fifty percent of all my shit. So I like that too. Um, but no, I like this concept of what you're talking about because I'm a big believer from what I've seen, and I think that's what I'm trying to communicate through the show, is is parent children need both parents. And if you're a parent who thinks that they only need one of you and whatever societal bullshit or some movement tells you, it's bullshit. They need the father and the mother in the relationship. And if, and I'm not talking, uh, you know, if you're, if you're an LGBTQ parent, there's usually a masculine and a feminine and that's what they need. They need the masculine and the feminine in there because that's what builds it. A a daughter will, a daughter's impact that she has with a father in her life will make all the difference in her life. He's the man who sets the tone for the type of man she looks for in life mother same thing you know i've seen what i've seen what father abandonment looks like i've seen what mother abandonment looks like um i've had friends that own strip clubs that go if it wasn't for bad parenting i wouldn't have anybody to work here and it's you know i think it comes back to kids feeling like their parents respect and value them and whatever that approach takes you know it doesn't have to be nesting you can have a divorce that's um always is about respecting the kids as individuals yeah. That'll set them up for success more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen kids that go, Hey, why can't daddy tuck me in at night anymore? He like mm-hmm. he used to. And, and, you know, one of the other, one of the other things uh, we should bring up, and I don't know if you talk about this in your book, but there is a high risk to children when they aren't, they don't have their father or their mother around. There's a protection element. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, the highest amount of sexual assaults happen with single parents. Um, and, uh, I've seen that I've, the stories that I've heard, uh, from women I've dated that their mother was divorced and, you know, brought home a guy and Mm. yada, yada, yada. It's, it's horrific. And this is why men get so angry about being separated from their children because they know they can't do the provider protector role because we're protectors Mm -hmm. and that's usually what we're brought in to, to do. And so but a mom can be a protector. She should be, she can be. I'm not going to give her, uh, you know, say that's okay because she's a woman. That's, um, that is really bad parenting. (laughs) (laughs) And so I like what you're trying to do and and create this better model. And, uh, I wish more parents would maybe be forced to go through this sort of education or courses. Maybe family courts need to say, Hey, maybe you should buy uh, your book and, uh, or maybe some yeah, other things. About to, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
it's certainly worth thinking about. Yeah. Anything more you want to tease on on the book and, and uh, what you have in it and advice you give to people? Um, yeah, I think that it's just, uh, hopefully what would be helpful, helpful for it as well as I talk about ground rules about, you know, privacy and communication and communicating with the kids and, um, and as the situation evolves, how you handle things like new partners coming into the picture. And so, um, so hopefully the book is helpful, not only with setting up a nesting arrangement, but helping you think ahead to what challenges might come your way as you keep, as your kids keep getting older and you keep, you know, moving into your own life too. Cause from what all I've seen, I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, people need to realize that, you know, being a parent is a selfless thing of giving life to another person and all your money actually too. Uh, <laughs> what's the old yep. joke about, about having kids is basically you just take all your money and throw it out a window. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, I mean, it's a noble effort. And uh, if we all wouldn't be here, if, if parents didn't uh, engage in having children, but there's a point that when you have children, you, you are giving your life to them. Uh, right. over to them uh, mm -hmm. until they put you in a home, of course, uh, yeah. <laughs> when you're 40. Uh, <laughs> that's the other reason I don't have kids. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, you're, you're giving your life to them. And I think it's important for people to have that aspect. What's the most important? We're getting divorced. We're separating. Yeah. What is the number one most important thing that needs to happen here? And it needs to be selfless you just as you've that. engaged in, in being selfless as a parent. Give everything to your child. Make your children number one. Mm -hmm. Don't spend $100,000 in divorce court. You put it in yeah. a, put that in a college fund for hell's sakes. Have you seen yeah. what college costs nowadays? Yeah, I have two in college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. a little familiar with it. Um, yeah. That's a whole new divorce court right. attorney fee in and of itself. And I think um, I just want to make sure people understand, too, that I'm not talking about, you know, completely coddling your children and, mm -hmm. you know, keeping them completely unexposed from the realities of life. There's going to be plenty of crap that gets thrown at them. Life is hard. But I think if you as a parent can do something to not add more difficulty yeah. to their lives, um, that's your job. And I can see how that would be a whole lot better. I mean, the shuttling back and forth, I almost felt sorry for kids. They're like, hey, we're back oh, off yeah. the bus, and dad dropped us off. And, you yeah. know, sometimes the dad or mom drops them off, and dad's in, or mom's not home. And you're just like, the key, you yeah. get this call, and the, hey, we're standing out front. And you're just like, yeah, holy yeah. crap. And, you know, mm -hmm. I've seen it all, man. I've seen it all. I could I write like a book it. about it probably that's, a couple Yeah, books. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. But no, I like I like your concept, and uh, and I can totally agree I, from the fallout I've seen in my life. Yeah, make your kids okay. the number one thing. Heal your stuff. Heal your baggage. Right. Don't, don't try. Don't try monkey branching into new relationships and stuff. Not too Go see a psychiatrist, please. I'm a big I'm a big thing that everyone's needs a psychiatrist nowadays, including myself. Yeah. Well, what's that saying that everybody gets, everybody who goes to therapy is going because of the people in their lives who do not go to therapy. So <laughs> it's, it's helping me deal with all the people who should be in therapy. There you go. I don't know. In my experience, people should be going to therapy to fix their own shit. But if you want to go and complain about other people, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, sometimes that's helpful too. <laughs> I use Facebook uh, to complain about the people in my lives. Usually oh, that's a, healthy. Usually it's either <laughs> voters and political uh, ideology. So uh, this has been wonderful to have you on the show, Beth. And uh, Thank I can't, you for the opportunity. I can't highly recommend it enough. So hopefully I've given some endorsements to that. Um, I, I We need to build better kids in this world. You know, we're seeing so many fallout, right. so many kids with so many problems, and then they grow up and I have to date them. Um, so let's not do that anymore. 
because I'm tired of it. That's uh, save Chris. Save Chris from the <laughs> save Chris. Save Chris. No, but seriously, <laughs> save the world. I, you know, the world is my children, and and uh, the ideas and concepts of my children, and I want a better world. And you know, the divorce rate is out of control. You see, um, mm -hmm. you see it going on right now, and you see the fallout, and then. You know, I see it fall out multiple times and uh, mm -hmm. we just need to build a better world and build better kids. There you go. Yeah, uh, so like thank that. you very much, much, Beth, for coming on the thank show. Give you us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, familynesting.org. We'll get you to everything. There you go. Uh, order up the book, Wherever Fine Books Are Sold, mm -hmm. Nesting After Divorce, Co-Parenting the Family Home. I, it's got my endorsement on it. Uh, let's build a better world for kids and uh, divorce. And if we can, how about if we figure out you know, to keep people from getting divorced, like maybe take some classes on how to build a healthy relationship and maybe work out your shit before you get married, people. That's my endorsement. Uh, anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, forward chest Chris Foss, youtube.com, forward chest Chris Foss, uh, LinkedIn, forward chest Chris Foss, and all those crazy places on the internet we are. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time. And that should have us out.